0: Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Hello, welcome back to Out of Line. I'm Annie Friday. I am joined once again by our recent guest, Rachel Cosen. Rachel's a therapist who came on um, to talk to us about some of the understanding with raising youth to be both aware and um, understanding their place in the world, in particular, queer youth and or other non-queer youth who need to understand it because they live in a world where LGBTQ people live and exist. Um, so welcome back, Rachel. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. None of these conversations ever feel quite complete, and I don't think I've ever hit the um, end recording button without thinking, oh, I wish I had said something like this right. or that. Or, um, but we started talking again shortly after we recorded the last um episode and part of it was to talk more about, um, I think it was, and, and get me, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was more about, um, how we think sometimes we're protecting our kids by, um, maybe tapping down aspects of their personality or their character, or who they are, their identity, um, yeah so that they fit better in this world around them. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually, we just recorded and it will be out, um, the week after this one about, um, how I, I recorded an episode with a couple of people talking about, um, the idea that we have to, we're raising our kids to go out into a harsh world. So sometimes people think that they need to teach their kids how to live in a harsh world in their house and how actually if we could create our houses to be little pockets of love that would really better equip our kids to go out into the harsh world and so it's kind of along those same lines like we're very protective of our kids and certain aspects of their identity or personality might leave us feeling uncomfortable Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um so tell me more about that
1: yeah I think I just after we spoke last I really it felt really important to talk about this piece of it because I do think it is a very common experience that people think oh if my kid is lgbtqia2s plus somewhere in there that is going to be they're going to have a hard life there are going to be things about that that are really hard and I coming from a place of wanting to protect them from some of that pain or from some of, you know, what we know about the challenges of living with those identities. um, We may give them the impression either directly or indirectly that it would be better not to be those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, I mean, not only like on a gut level and an experience level, do I know that that's the the desired effect of like, oh, if I can sort of reduce or get rid of these identities in my kid, that's going to be better for them. Um, like we think if we do that, they'll experience less pain. But in fact, that's not the case. And that's not just, you know, the experience that I have had and the way that it feels to me, but there's a lot of research and evidence pointing at that fact and i can talk about some of that or and or send the links but the way that that is perceived and it you know is this is a thing we can imagine for ourselves like Mm -hmm. and some of us maybe have had this experience but if there's something about us particularly these kinds of identities and our first like our innermost circle of people in our life is pushing back against this aspect of who we are, then it becomes harder for, we like absorb that message that there's something wrong, wrong with us mm-hmm. in a very close, close intimate way of like these close people are not being supportive of who I am. Um, and then it, for one, it's harder for people to be supportive of themselves, to accept themselves. Um, and that makes it harder to operate in the world. And, you know, we're more likely to expect to not be accepted by people outside of our family as well. Um, and it also just, it in you know, there is unfortunately very high mental health and suicidality stuff that is going on in these populations mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with being a member you know being having these identities that has completely to do with the uh, discrimination and oppression and uh resistance that people experience when they have these identities um but that that attempts at suicide are decreased by over half if if people have supportive parents Hmm. um and that's a big deal um it also deal i mean
0: that's like that number is huge and yeah and there is some evidence also that shows even if it's not their parent or their primary caregiver it can be just another adult in their life right that that sees them for who they are whether that's using their pronouns the ones that they identify with using their name that they identify with those kinds of things make a huge difference right also absolutely
1: yep and and it is true that they're just having one supportive adult in their lives even if it's not a parent makes a huge difference and if it is parents that's extra protective Mm. to them um and that you know I just pulled up something, the family assistance project, which is a great resource. um, They talk about studying the specific behaviors that parents and caregivers use to respond to their child's LGBTQ identity. Um, And they say family behaviors that try to change, prevent, deny, or minimize their child's LGBTQ identity Have a negative impact on their child's health and well-being and contribute to depression suicide drug use and other serious health risks Mm. um but then they talk about you know supportive behavior including standing up for your child when they're being mistreated
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, support your child to promote to have better self-esteem overall health, stronger relationships, and protect them against suicidal behavior, depression, and substance abuse. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that's a big, a big deal to think about, you know, because I do think there's this impulse of like, oh, no, if my, you know, little boy wears a dress to school or something along those lines to the grocery store or to whatever it is, or, you know, whatever kind of like outward expression of a person's identity, whether it's trans or queer or or anything in in there. Um, It can bring up a lot for us as parents, you know, as adults, like a lot of us, Probably wouldn't have the courage to do something like that. And thinking of and like when we think of it in those terms, we can understand that um, how how brave it is for people to be who they are, and also the reality that there yes, there is like a there's an environment that we live inside of that is not always supportive. And that's not true in all environments, right? Like there are places we can go fortunately and that we can build where that's not the case. Um, But I think it's important for us to deal with whatever's coming up for us. That's getting in the way of saying like, yeah, let's go to the grocery store and you can wear your skirt. And if somebody Mm -hmm. gives us a hard time about it, I'm going to, stand up for you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Instead of like, I'm going to apologize for you, or I'm going to try to um, diminish this in some way, coming from the idea that I'm going to protect you, but really that that kid receives the message like, oh, there's something wrong with me.
0: Yeah, but- and there's all kinds of ways that that can happen, right? I mean, and this is just to point out like this is an alignment with everything else that's um a conscious choice a parent is making to care with their kids and be in relationship with their children in a different way than is typical in our society right now right like nikolai prasaro of raising readers recently she and i were talking and she said something like you know well if if you're having an issue with your kid wearing a dress to the grocery store that's your issue and you need to deal with it and heal so that you can move forward in that relationship right like and so i think some of this is making sense and the the outward stuff really makes sense right like if you are denying your kids identity or their existence um that's huge but you've also mentioned some of the indirect ways that we can kind of cut our kids down so let's talk about that a little bit cuz i think there are probably parents who maybe don't realize that they're not honoring their kids full humanity and what that looks like
1: yeah absolutely um I think that there are so many more subtle ways and, and some of them are, are, you know, very clear. Like if a kid asks to be called by a certain name and certain pronouns, it's really important to do that. Um, And it can be hard. We can have feelings. um, It's important to get support for that. I know a lot of parents, particularly of trans kids express having some, some level of grief about like okay this is this the person that i knew or kind of the ex, the hopes and dreams i had for them in their life or whatever and um Mm -hmm. i think getting if you're if if it brings up grief you need to find ways to express that grief and get support for that grief and not in ways that your child experiences like it's not helpful for them to perceive that you're grieving that they're finding a new part of who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, at the basic level, like names, pronouns, terminology, you know, if your kids are like, I'm, you know, an asexual Demi boy, and you're like, I have no idea what this means. It's Mm -hmm. You can find out. You can ask them. You can look it up. Um, There are, I know it can feel overwhelming, but there are so many resources and the primary one being, you know, in in a case like that, your child, like, what does that mean to you? Tell me about it, right?
0: Um, I, that's, that's, I want to like highlight that. Cause I think that's one that we often skip over. <laughs> like they uh, are the expert on themselves. You know, we hear like parents, you're the expert on your kids and yeah, to an extent, but no one's more of an expert than they themselves on their own feelings, their body, their emotions, all of that. Um, so asking them, what does this mean to you? Like I can Google, um, you know, I, there was a term thrown out by a kid this year who said I, they identified as something I had never heard of before. And so, yeah, like I googled it real quick so I didn't make them feel like bad because I didn't know what it was. But then I also was able to say, "Tell me how this plays out for you," because it it is different kid to kid and person to person, right? Where we're there's so many, we're a spectrum of um, rainbow colors of emotions and people. There's not just the totally. when- is really recognizing that.
1: Right. And even with, you know, like, okay, someone who maybe identifies as a cisgender woman, like how that looks for one person is not the same as what that looks like for another cisgender woman or for a heterosexual person, like Mm -hmm. what their sexuality is, is not the same as every other heterosexual person, you know, and we're, we're more like comfortable with those categories, but that there's still there's just so much nuance within all of that but I think also just um you know one of the things that they talk about in the family assistance project and that I think is really important is like advocating for your kid you know like how if there's school stuff happening if there's family stuff happening is if there's we're coming you know the kid wants to come out like you have, you talk about it and depending on their age and, you know, understanding level, it might be something more that you're doing or they're doing or you're both doing or, um, but I think that's incredibly important as well for them to feel that sense of like, you're on their team and you're going to be there for, to back them up mm-hmm. uh, because it's hard to do those things. It's hard to, show up in new ways and we need to know we have some somebody to count on right Mm -hmm. um
0: well it's even like I I think because adults for most adults I would say the first thing when you're meeting a new kid or you're coming into contact with a kid you don't see every day the most immediate topic of conversation is usually going to something with having to do with out word appearance because it's easy. Right. Oh, did you get your haircut? Oh, look at that pretty dress. Oh, I love those light up shoes. Right. Like that's just the default. And so I think first of all, getting away from that as adults, like we don't need, I don't want somebody commenting on my appearance every day. And, you know, in fact, I, I yeah, I mean, I get shy when I get a haircut. Cause I don't want everyone to go, Oh, you got a haircut. Like I got a haircut. Yeah. Like, do we even have to mention it? Everybody gets haircuts. <laughs> um, but so yeah like getting away from that to begin with is is a huge step but then taking us further into like why are we commenting why do we think it's ours to comment on other people's external appearance Um,
1: yeah and I do think even within that there's nuance so like it's different to say like you know oh you have such a pretty face than to say I like your cool shoes right like because the things like gender expression can be really important to kids. So if, if somebody, you know, comes into Blue Bridge or you see them for the first time and they're like, they're assigned male at birth and they have a dress on, like, I would probably say like, Oh my God, I love your dress. Right. Like, because that is a way that I could, and it depends on the kid. Not everybody's going to want that, but it could, it's a way to signal like, I see and support you, and like you're making a choice about what you're putting on your body, and I can like affirm those choices that you're making, which is different than like what your actual body looks like or your hate. You know, like there's there's a distinction even within that. I think. Yeah, uh, well, and
0: I just think removing it as the default, right? Like our default doesn't need yeah. to be immediately going to external appearances, and and so. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And again, rem- remembering your relationship with the person, however old they are, um, you know, you don't know, maybe you do know that that's going to make them feel good. And that's something they want to come you to comment on or. Yeah. Right. And obviously, what you wear is not what we're talking about here. <laughs> this is a much yeah. deeper issue.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think the you know, the gender expression sometimes is some of the earlier things that happen, right? So like, if it is there, that might be the way that someone is first making a change in how they're expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think is often the stuff that's the hardest for parents. Like different clothes, different hair, different that sort of stuff can really, I think, get tricky for people. Um, but I think, you know, just Really being aware of not minimizing people like, oh, that's not really, you know, sending the message in some way or another that like, this isn't really a thing or you're too young to know this or, you know, it's silly or it's, um, I don't know, all those kinds of messages
0: yeah one that we hear a lot and that really bothers um young people in our lives that we've heard over and over again for years is like that oh it's it's just a phase yes. or um this is just passing or this is an experiment or we'll let you play with it for now um or that like initial reaction of like okay, so you want to use these pronouns now. Well, you'll always be my little girl or you'll always be my rough and tumble boy in my heart. Like, And there is some grace, I think, to give to grownups who are learning and coming along. And, and maybe that's your initial reaction, but then what's the response when you've had time to think and you've had time to remember who your child is and how to honor that and come back and say, I'm sorry I said that. Like I, I hear you and tell me more about it, right? You can always ask more about those feelings.
1: Right. And you know, I think it's the phase thing is kind of interesting because or, you know, I it, I think on the one hand like every part of our life is a phase. You know, like <laughs> this is the phase in which my kids learning how to walk and this is the phase yeah. in which they're learning how to talk. It doesn't mean they're not valid. Like, oh, well, it just lasted for six months when they were getting all their teeth. So now I don't care that they have teeth or something. You know, it's just like, (laughs) uh, I don't know, it's not the world's greatest (laughs) example, but like, it is important. Even if it doesn't last forever and even Mm -hmm. if it changes, because things do change. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes people are like, oh, I think I'm gay. And then they're like, no, I think I'm actually trans, you know, Mm -hmm. and like that can happen or people can think, oh, I'm non-binary. And then they can think, oh no, I'm, you know, binary trans. So there's, or just like the way that people understand themselves changes over time because part of it is you put something out there and you see how it feels when it's reflected, right? Mm -hmm. So like, you put out there, hey, I want you to call me this name and use these pronouns. And then you feel it's like trying something on. Mm -hmm. And, oh, actually, like, this is not it. Or this feels amazing. You know, like, there's, that's part of the process. And there can be different pieces of that that can evolve over time. And I think having that's hard for parents too, because it's you know, I, it's much easier to sort of like have things in the box and like, know this is what's happening and what to yeah. expect or plan for, you know, well, it's um, a
0: different kind I- of binary when you, when you compartmentalize, you can compartmentalize and say, oh, I have a gay child. Oh, my child is trans. Like, but understand, like really getting rid of the binary is making it like, so you, you can be fluid and you can find what's right for you on any given day.
1: Right. So I think it's this sort of funny or I don't know, not funny, but it's this balance of like holding that what is happening now is very important and matters no matter how long it lasts. And at the same time, it might change. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, And it's hard to hold both of those things at once because they feel sort of opposing, um, but they're not Uh And I think it's possible to do. But again, and I hope I said this a lot last time, like getting support is really essential. And there are all kinds of um, support groups for parents that um, are really... So in Michigan, Stand With Trans is great. And then any local um, like Pride Center will typically have a, a caregiver parent support group. And it's just a very crucial, I think, part of the experience to make sure you're connecting with other parents who have been through something similar or going through something similar, who you can just process things together. And, you know, therapy, probably. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm biased in that regard. I think therapy (laughs) is very helpful, but um, it brings things up, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes we need help to work through those things. So we don't spill them all over our kids.
0: Yeah. And it help it can help you rewrite the story that you're telling yourself in your head, if that's what you need help with. Um, and some of the impermanence and the gray area of this is what makes it hard, right? Because it it's hard if you do have a kid who once thought they were trans and now they're not, or who wants, you know, and, and there's been such a political politicalization of this. (laughs) Um, And it's hard to, to defend to people who don't understand. And I think one thing that I'm really, as I'm having more and more of these conversations, starting to realize that people don't understand is that there aren't families and doctors who are performing surgeries on an 8-year-old that are irreversible and giving hormones and and I think we've made it such a like we have to stop this and people are hiding behind that protection right like we're protecting kids from making decisions that they'll later change well you don't have to because if we're doing this right if we're doing this with support in community in relationship with the child in relationship with the other people in their life um you're saving space for them. You you know, you're not saying this is it and this is final. You're saying this is it and I'm here for you in this moment. And you might know that things might change down the road or things might evolve or whatever, but you don't need to say that.
1: Yeah, and it's so much, from my perspective, it's so much more positive and healthy and uh, all of these things to like let kids check things out um you know like wh- the 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 sort of like very reversible things are clothes haircuts names pronouns like all of those things can be changed if and when you know if the kid is like oh this is not it anymore right mm-hmm. like and all of us have that to some you know we all have some things throughout our childhood where it was like, Oh, I used to be super into whatever. And that maybe it changes and maybe it doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. But we, we don't, it's, we don't need to um, sort of like overly project while at the same time, respecting what is showing up right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Like not minimizing it and not saying like, this is going to go away. It, it I know that there's a lot of, Confusion and mis in, in I think intentional misinformation right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, most kids who and people who identify as trans, that is not a thing that changes. Like that's maybe the specifics of it change or their kind of words around it or that kind of thing, but it is not, it's highly, highly, highly. Um, uncommon for people to then later say actually I'm not trans and it's Mm -hmm. even less likely for someone to go through an entire medical transition process and then say oops this was a mistake Um, there's a ton of like we could talk about all of that for a hundred years and there's all kinds of things to consider, but yes, you were right. There is, the the truth is gender affirming care, medical care is actually extremely hard to access. It's incredibly expensive. Um, you have to have an an entire team, including a social worker, a doctor, the parents, the youth, all on the same page about what the process is going to be and how it's going to look for them. and Um, it's a, it's a already, if anything, you know, um, I wish it was more accessible for people than it is now because it is not very accessible. Um, and it is absolutely ludicrous that the idea that kids are getting surgeries because that is not, there's no world in which that's happening. No. Um, so I think you know that it's very important to have accurate information and there is uh, an enormous just there's so much legislatively that's trying to happen right now Um, the the number of anti-trans bills is just Skyrocketed in the last two years, and a lot of them target access to gender affirming care and school stuff. And, um, you know, there was sports and bathroom stuff more a few years ago, but that's, you know, happening again now, too. And I, you know, it's just such a heartbreaking and like strange thing, really. <laughs> um, strange thing. Yeah, but it's really important to know what that means and how, and I think what's, what I really worry about is that how negatively this sort of surge of discrimination impacts not only youth, because it most certainly does, because the message is, we don't want you to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one gets out of hearing that unscathed. Mm-hmm. Um but it also has, and it's it's frightening for parents. And so, if this is a moment when their kids are coming out, you know, mm. that it it really um, ratchets up the stakes for people, and it can be much scarier to really be try to be supportive of them because mm-hmm. there is, you know, this the atmosphere right now is, is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But all that you know, everything we talked about at the beginning still is true. It's still going to be in your child's best interest to be supportive of who they are, despite what's happening in, in the world outside of your, your home, because Mm -hmm. those messages and those relationships that they have with you can be the anchor that holds them. You know, um, instead of what it often becomes is what they're running away from. And they run into all sorts of other things that are typically not that great for them because Mm -hmm. they don't if they don't have that support. um, Yeah.
0: Well, I think you said it so clearly, support, support, support. Um, You we all need it. Um, throughout our parenting, right? But this is a very specific circumstance that you can be the world's biggest advocate. And then if it, it if something in your family life changes, you're going to have a different approach of different perspective a different lens, and you're going to need to take new roles, um, you know, more actively advocating things like that. and And that all takes support and no shame on anyone who maybe didn't start from that place of like, yes, this is my kid. I support them no matter what. If you start from a place of like, I have to figure this out, like that's honest and that's okay. And figure it out, deal with it and heal and and move on. So you can support your kid and keep them alive. Right. And, and I think your point of like saying, we don't want you to exist and coming, nobody can come away from hearing that and feel and, and be unscathed. Right. And, um, I think it's become such a talking point that people don't even know when they're saying it. And um, you know, like this, this summer, even there was a family member of mine who said they wouldn't drink Bud Light. And I was like, wait, what, what does that mean? Like, are you kidding me? And they didn't get that. That is bigotry, right? Like that, that is that kind of discrimination towards somebody they've never met or known. That's bigotry, right? Like why, what do you, you don't have, any reason to have an opinion in this at all actually so yeah, just stay out of it um you you you're listening to talking points and that's it and so you only look ignorant yourself and um
1: and it's disconnected from humanity and it's disconnected from reality and i think you know the the gift of all this which i may have said last time is like it is you know, I understand not always the opportunity we want to have, but it is an opportunity to grow, right? Like it's an opportunity to become more fiercely compassionate, really. And I think as um, a lot, a lot of people don't have the inclination for advocacy or for um, some of these other things. And like, that's okay. Not everyone has, that doesn't have to look the same in in every person. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are opportunities there to grow some of those skills, which is a beautiful thing for us and a beautiful thing for our kids to see like, oh, my parent can grow and learn. And they're so committed to my well-being that they're doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a, a really powerful message and can be more powerful than all the other nonsense out there and keep them going help them believe in themselves right and that's the most important thing
0: yeah i love that thank you this conversation is very nuanced and could like you said go on for hundreds of hours because uh there's a lot to talk about here and there's a lot of questions parents have caregivers have Families have, teachers have. If you're one of those people out there listening to this and you have more questions, send them to us at Living Out of Line on Instagram. Um, we will share a lot of these resources. Um, the Trevor Project, Gilson, uh, anti-trans legislation tracker, if you want to be more on the advocacy side, um, supporting trans autistic youth. Um, I know you've shared some resources. So we'll put those all in the show notes. Um, Rachel is a therapist who's available too. I would imagine, right, Rachel?
1: Yep. I'm just starting right now at a place called integrative empowerment group, which is in the Ann Arbor area in okay. Michigan. Um, and I'm seeing, seeing folks online there.
0: So awesome. So we'll share that information also. Um, thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on again. And, um, we will definitely have you as a future guest and keep talking about these, this topic and, and other topics. Cause it, it, it's, all interrelated. Like you said, it's about humanity. And if you're um, living, thinking that certain people don't exist, you're living outside of the existence of humanity and reality. So this is important. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. Take care.